You're listening to Hidden History, and I'm your host, Ellis Tucci. If you know any way that we can improve our content for you, the listener, drop us a line at hiddenhistory.show forward slash contact. To catch up on all our past episodes and hear new ones every week, head on over to your Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or hiddenhistory.show and learn something new today. Sorry for the lack of episodes these past two weeks. I've been getting really heavily involved in some personal projects, which Hidden History is one of, and quite frankly, I just lost track of time. Before I get into the content of this episode, just some general housekeeping. The last three weeks in August, I'm actually going to be on vacation, taking a little bit of personal time, so there will obviously be an episode this week, there will be one next week, but then things will pick back up during the first week of September. So there's this thing I do sometimes when I'm bored. I open up my Maps application on my phone and I just look around, you know, see if I can find anything interesting. Well, I was doing this the other day and I noticed that there was already a pin dropped somewhere on the map. I wanted to check it out and I remembered that it was a location I had marked about a month prior after I saw it out of the window of a train to New York. It's located on Torsdale Avenue in Philadelphia, across the street from a little restaurant called The Press Bar, which, if reviews are to be believed, is a great spot for late night snacks, but that isn't really what this episode is about. The location that I had marked was none other than Philadelphia's historic and notorious Holmesburg Prison, which ended its 99-year run as a functioning prison in 1995. So let's talk about Holmesburg, and what exactly makes it interesting enough to be the sole subject of an entire episode. This is Hidden History, and you're listening to episode 40, Acres of Skin. Though the story of Holmesburg begins with its establishment in 1896, the part of its history that is most relevant to this episode begins a bit later. That is not to say, however, that we should completely ignore the contextual history of Holmesburg. I'll keep this brief because I've already talked at length about the origins of the American prison system in episode 38 on the Attica prison riots. Suffice it to say, Holmesburg was founded in the Pennsylvania prison tradition. In order to find out what that means, you can either listen to episode 38 or look it up, I mean, you know, in the end. I'm not going to be super torn up if you use Google, uh, but anyway, for quite a while, Holmesburg operated as the model prison facility, but something important was happening at the exact same time. On June 28, 1918, the U.S. Chemical Warfare Service was created on order of President Woodrow Wilson. The original Medical Ethics Board that oversaw experiments by the Chemical Corps, the Armed Forces Medical Policy Council, ordained that such chemical experiments could only be performed on informed and consenting participants. At this point, you can probably guess where the rest of the story is going. The year 1953 saw the enactment of the Department of Defense's Reorganization Plan No. 6, which dissolved the Medical Policy Council and transferred its authority to the newly created position of Assistant Secretary of Defense for Health Affairs the first person to occupy this post being Dr. Melvin Kassberg. 
1954, Dr. Frank Berry, better known for the Berry Plan, which allowed drafted doctors to defer in order to complete their education, ascended to the position of Health Affairs Secretary. In 1959, while still under his tenure, the Chemical Warfare Service was given permission to conduct human testing. At this point, it is important to note that for the majority of the life of the Chemical Warfare Service, its goal has not been to protect from chemical agents, but rather to produce them. But now that the Chemical Corps had the permission, they still needed to find willing participants. The compound that lit the spark was called EA-3167, a potent hallucinogenic neurotransmitter blocker which can cause brain damage and nerve damage. The Chemical Corps approached the University of Pennsylvania to conduct testing, and the University of Pennsylvania approached Holmesburg Prison. As tests at Holmesburg became more and more intense, as testing continued with a broader array of chemicals, eventually numbering in a surplus of 254 unique compounds, it became clear that informed consent did not exist behind the walls of the prison. Prisoners were incentivized to participate in tests for research entities such as the University of Pennsylvania, but also for private companies such as Dow Chemical and Johnson & Johnson through the awarding of generally small amounts of monetary compensation, sometimes as little as $30 individually or $15 a month. This incentive was bolstered by the structuring of Philadelphia's bail system, which allowed a prisoner to leave prison by posting 10% of his bail in cash. But the most notorious of the Holmesburg human experiments were not necessarily run by the Chemical Warfare Service, but rather by one of their proxies, a dermatologist and researcher from the University of Pennsylvania, Dr. Albert Kligman. Kligman was initially invited to the prison in 1951 to help curb an outbreak of athlete's foot among the prisoners and employees. It would be the start of a relationship that would last 23 years, ending with the termination of experimentation at Holmesburg in 1974. Kligman would later recount his first impression upon entering the prison. All I saw before me were acres of skin, he said. It was like a farmer seeing a fertile field for the first time. His documented studies include infecting prisoners with, quote, enormous quantities of ringworm fungus and forcing them to wear boots for a week, and exposing prisoners to radioactive isotopes to measure their effects on their skin. Yet, such experiments are tame when compared to some others conducted at the prison. The first that comes to mind was conducted between 1965 and 1966, and went a little bit like this. It might sound familiar if you've listened to episode 25. Dow Chemical produced two chemical compounds, 2378 tetrachlorodibenzodioxin and 245T. These chemicals were used as pesticides, but were also the active ingredient in the carcinogenic defoliant Agent Orange. There were broad allegations backed by scientific evidence that said that these two chemicals were far too dangerous to let come into contact with people or the environment. As a result, the EPA banned Dow from producing them. 
Dow Chemical disagreed that its products were dangerous, and so it partnered with the University of Pennsylvania and Holmesburg Prison to prove it. Their experiment? Injecting prisoners with dioxin and measuring their responses. The prisoners who took part in this experiment developed intense skin reactions, rashes, and pustules that took months to go away. Under Kligman's supervision, prisoners received 468 times the recommended dosage. None of them knew what they signed up for. All the prisoners knew was that it paid better than other prison jobs, and with that money, they might buy their freedom. Dow Chemical paid Albert Kligman $10,000. He did not see the prisoners at Holmesburg as people, and as a result, had no problem with objecting them to incredibly painful procedures. He saw them as guinea pigs on which to exercise his will. Speaking on the topic of the longer-term impacts of the dioxin tests, he said, quote, All those people could have leukemia now, about one chance in 20 billion, and I could be hit by an asteroid when I walk out on the street, but I don't think I will. The brutality with which companies, institutions, and individuals acted upon the population of Holmesburg Prison has been likened to the cruelty of human experimentation during the Holocaust. Such parallels are not hyperbolic. Over almost a quarter of a century, administrators at Holmesburg not only allowed, but actively invited and welcomed governments and private entities to use the prison as their testing grounds. It is estimated that between 80 and 90% of the prison population was experimented on without the use of informed consent. There were army psychological tests conducted on sometimes unwitting subjects that drove men insane. There were tests on behalf of medical and chemical companies that covered prisoners' bodies with excruciatingly painful sores and pustules that would sometimes take months to go away. There were still others that made participants feel like they were being burned alive. Many were, without their consent, infected with the herpes and staph viruses. Ultimately, human experimentation at Holmesburg was ended by the prison's board of trustees in 1974, in the wake of congressional hearings related to whistleblower Peter Buxton's 1972 exposing of the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. Albert Kligman became a very rich man from the royalties he earned while creating acne medication. He would face no consequences for his repeated human rights violations at Holmesburg. He died of a heart attack on February 9th, 2010, having been a professor emeritus at the University of Pennsylvania for over half a century. In 1983, the victims of the Tau chemical dioxin tests sued the company. I was unable to find the outcome of this case. In 2000, 298 ex-prisoners filed several class-action lawsuits against those who had been the primary motivators of their suffering. Johnson & Johnson, Albert Kligman, and the University of Pennsylvania. The case against Penn was thrown out of court in 2002. It is likely that the other cases were settled out of court. The prison was decommissioned 
and closed in 1995, and is currently off-limits to visitors. It is a rather unfortunate note to end on, and I wish I could say that justice was served for those who were wronged in Holmesburg. But as is seemingly all too often the case, our institutions failed those who needed them the most. This is Ellis Tucci at Hidden History, signing off.